0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
0: We're Frame 42
1: with Jay
2: Scott on the hook rocks.
1: You can check us out on our
3: website, frame42.com. We're on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, all under Frame42Band. And you can find our EP, Undercroft, on all streaming platforms.
4: It is Jay Scott. It is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock me podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, it is our 400th episode. And uh, yeah, I can't believe I've done 400 of these. Uh, and people have actually listened to me talk about whatever I want to talk about. Talk to whomever I want to talk to. It's been a great time. It's been a blast. We've got some awesome guests uh, on the show for you today. Um, we're going to get into that in just a second, but I just want to make mention that we are part of the Pantheon podcast network, a great network of music related podcasts. You can catch all my friends that I mentioned on the beginning of every show or at the beginning of every show, like Martin Popoff, the Rock Historian, Mistress Carrie, Decibel Geek, Tom and Zeus on the Shout Out Loudcast, Mac on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, as well as who am I forgetting? Did I forget anybody? I don't think so. Um, but if I have, uh, I do apologize. Also, check out some of my other friends too, as well, like Pod of Thunder and the Itch Rock and Radio Show. So plenty of great music podcasts out there for you to listen to. Always enjoy hearing other podcasts, give their perspective. And uh, you can find Pantheon Podcasts on social media at Pantheon Pods. You can also find the hook rocks I all podcast platforms such as spotify apple amazon you name it we're on it as well as all of our social media platforms too as well we're on instagram we finally got an instagram page although i need a kick in the ass to be a little bit more active on that but you can find us on twitter and facebook as well please follow us and, uh, follow along as we post on all three of those platforms. We've had some great shows as well recently. We had Todd Dammer Kearns. We had Stephen Piercy, Mark Tremonti, Joe Satriani, as well as many others. We just did a great episode on acoustics in our, in your own home and at concerts with our great friend at Skylab Tapes. Something tells me that you're going to hear from him in just a short second. And uh, don't forget some great new music spotlights. We just featured The Warning. We featured Band Inc. Uh, A couple months ago, Georgia Thunderbolts, Bastet, and Stone Broken. And also, don't forget to check out our episode with Brandon Eagley from Crowbot. Great album, Feel This, out everywhere. One of the best albums in quarter two. Uh, Great conversation with him. Great perspective of him. on the recording of that album, how it differed from the other album's in the past. So we got a great episode, number 400. Uh, I was trying to figure out who I wanted to have on the show and figured let me have the people that I communicate with the most on social media, on Twitter, and that is the Groove Council. Sometimes you see me post a new music or new band that I'm trying to get people to listen to, and I always tag the Groove Council. The Groove Council is essentially – a bunch of music lovers that like to talk music, that like to talk about new music predominantly. And whenever you hear our quarterly rankings with the albums over the past three months, we always include lists from members of the Groove Council. Some of them are here tonight. Most of them. Some of them couldn't make it because of time zone um, issues or because of conflicts of schedule. It's very hard to schedule everyone at the same time. But hopefully, people pop in and out as we're here. But I like to welcome. Rob, Skylab Tapes, Chris Preston, Chris Corradetti, uh, USA and Chris, at USA and Chris Fossilman, the t-shirt king of the United States of America. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Rob as well. And we have The Recidivist, who does our live album reviews, Rob in the Hood. Um, he is the counsel for the Groove Council. He's always making sure that uh, we're, we're following along with our rules and regulations. Um, it creates some fun banter, but welcome to all for joining. Welcome everyone for being on. I do appreciate it. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. How's everybody doing?
1: Good. Does good. This, because I, you have all of us in here, is is this because JB Jay cancel on you? Is that why we're all
4: here? (laughs) Pretty much. You guys are my, you guys are my (laughs) fourth (laughs) backpack. You guys were number four. You guys were like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. no. Um, But no, man, it's great to see everybody here. It's great to have everybody on board. Um, Thanks for
2: tuning in. Thanks for doing this.
0: Thanks for having I us, Jerry. I'm just like 400 episodes,
2: man. That's unbelievable. Where I can't did the believe time go? Four hundred things to, to talk about. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah.
4: Well, I was always that kid in school that would get in trouble for talking in class. <laughs> so, I was go. always being tall. I was always being shushed or sent to the principal's office or sent to the dean's for being disruptive. So it, um, yeah.
0: So you've easily got another 400 in you, then.
4: I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe I'll be doing those on a beach somewhere in retirement. I have
2: no idea. But No, man, at your pace, you're going to have 400 more by what, October? Right. (laughs) Well, what really kind of skews the number is
4: during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic, um, we had – I was doing episodes every day for like two months, except Saturday and Sunday. So I was doing five a week because there was nothing to do. And um, and then I was doing 14 to 16 a month. And then I now I've got it down to 12. And now I'm slowly going back down to like 11 to 10. And I think I'll cap it at that.
1: It's going to take 11, 10 or 11 to do the end of the year shit.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's considered one episode. Those are the ones where I'm always like yelling and swearing at my uh, – my software when I'm editing. Cause it's like, cause it's a big file. Right. And when you try to clean it up and level everything, there's only certain software programs that will level something that big. So that, that causes a lot of heartburn and heartache in, uh, in my household. So <laughs> that, that's like when I'm the crabbiest, like recording episode with Chris is a lot of fun. Editing is absolute misery. Right. Yeah, I can see that. That's why I kind of curtailed the, whatchamacallit, the The descriptions. Because it's like, man, like, weren't we just at number five, like, an hour ago? Why did it take so long to get through all these numbers? So, But it's been a blast, and it's been a blast getting to know all of you people and all you guys and everything. And, um, you know, I'm sad that Terry couldn't be on and Kaz couldn't be on. Hopefully, Christy and Eagle drops in, but it's a fun group that we have. It just chats about music. We joke around with each other. Once in a while, some other subjects will kind of you know, appear, but they're quickly gone, which is great because no one gets caught up in anything. And it's really all about music. It's a bunch of music lovers just sharing new things, sharing music. I've discovered bands from... God, all of you, yeah. all of you guys. But then I've also revisited bands that maybe I kind of blew off, yep. you know, six, seven, uh, eight years ago, and and uh, check them out. So it's it's a ball, it's a blast. It is a nice nice break during the day to chat with all of you guys.
2: It is fun, and yeah, your empire is literally uh, several continents, so it's not possible to get everyone right. on at the same time. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. For those listening, Terry. Um, is the podcast queen of Twitter who does these, uh, amazing, oh, amazing playlist. playlists. playlists. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That are just outstanding. Um, and I think she could follow her at TAT2630, I think is her, uh, Twitter handle. And then Kaz from the heavy rock show, East London Radio. Um, she's got her own show. She's kind of branched out now with, with, um, emerging rock bands magazine, which is great. And uh, Christine Eagle, who I hope stops in, is, in my opinion, no one knows the back end of the music business like Christy does. She's very thorough. She's very well-read and well-versed on what's happening, on current trends and all that stuff. So hopefully one or two or three of them drop in. We just had High Stick Mick, another local Chicagoan, drop
3: in. you, fellas. Hey, What's up, man? Hey, how's everybody doing, guys?
2: Great. Good to see you. So Thank you guys rep, uh, represented. That's good.
4: Yeah. So <laughs> I've had, the, I've had the pleasure of meeting Skylab and High stick Nick at shows, which is great. And USA and Chris, um, which I believe is his Twitter feed, feed too. Well, I've, I've seen him. I just saw him at the warning in April, which was the last time I saw him at a show. But, um, but yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to be seeing fossil man at
1: Kansas Fire city. Site.
4: Yeah. Kansas city. Yeah. So Heading out there to see Goodbye June and Whiskey Myers and Blackberry Smoke and Georgia Thunderbolts and Van Dirty Roses. Wow. A That's a great bill. Yeah.
0: That's a great Isn't bill. It? Wow. Totally. So now we just got to get some people up to Canada. <laughs> are we
2: allowed in yet, Chris?
0: You are allowed in. You're officially – everything has dropped. Uh, you can come <laughs> in. We welcome you with open arms. If you can get us
4: a tour of the uh, – um trailer park boys set my son (laughs) will be in there totally
0: yeah they're iconic they're a little bit far from me though so that would be a bit problematic but yeah they're they're you live in toronto yeah yeah i love toronto
2: beautiful
0: city lots of uh when when we're when we finally got back to well you guys know from all our banter about music how many shows of mine were canceled over the past few years and how i I was the last of all of you to get out to a show so i've got a a slew of the mind up that I'm really excited about but I gotta say um, a big thank you to Jay for um, you know initially inviting me to come on to be a guest on his show um, and I've been on a few times since and I always enjoy and appreciate chatting music um, it's one of my passions and also to all the all the groove council members I will admit you know a couple of years ago I was one of those guys who was stuck in the uh not Rock is Dead camp, but pretty close to it, where I had a very narrow kind of road in terms of my taste that I didn't veer off of. But man, things have changed, and I don't think I ever would have discovered some of these bands, like the Dorothys and the the Warnings, etc., of the world, had it not been for some of the, uh, the folks in the Groove camp Council and uh, recommendations on albums and listening to the quarterly shows like i tell you i mean i spend a lot of my days with now you know spotify on listening to the playlists or you know researching you know crowbot was a good example somebody recommended that and it ended up on you know my list this quarter so that's a good pick. um you know a huge thank you, <laughs> yeah. to all you guys for the great discussions we have and as a result the discoveries i think we've all made right we all have very eclectic Well, some of us have more eclectic tastes than others, but we all have kind of our our lanes that we came from. But we're all kind of branching out in different areas thanks to the influence of others. So it's pretty cool.
2: It's 100 percent true. I don't I don't think without you guys, I would have uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere with like new wave of classic rock and that sort of thing. I mean, I was still listening to a lot of new music, but it was almost exclusively modern progressive rock. Right. No. Right. I wasn't really even aware that there were other rock genres that were still making well and metal. Right. Mo- you know, right. modern progressive rock right. and modern met- and modern metal. But there, I mean, there's a ton of great rock that isn't metal or progressive rock that's still being made that I was largely yeah.
0: aware of yeah. until a couple I. Of- I really wish Turbo was here because I got to like his taste is completely different than mine, completely, which is cool. <laughs> but I have to say, like, I've had a lot of fun delving into like. His list, I'm like, I know, I don't know who any of these bands are. When he does his quarterly lists, I'm like, no clue. But I'll, ch- I'll check him out, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to know. I just want to know
4: where Robin the Hood, Turbo, and Fuzz Fuzz Doom, Rich, like, Rich, yeah. get there. Where right. they find these bands? Like, where do you find <laughs> the names? I mean, really obscure-
2: stoner rock bands?
4: You mean right? Like, I thought I, <laughs> I, thought I knew obscure stuff. It doesn't. Mean, I don't even. I'm not even in the same league as those
2: guys. Not even the same league. Yeah. Same. All of that stuff that I've gotten turned on to was from, uh, you know, was from this group and that, in that, and in that particular genre, that triumphant.
1: <laughs> right. Oh yeah, between we, Turbo and Rob and Rich, j- just those three for the whole stoner psych doom desert rock thing. Before like 2018 ish you know, I'd list the Queens of the Stone Age, <laughs> you know, like I knew Queens of the Stone Age. That was cool. And, and now it's,
4: it, I thought it's, I was such a badass for liking Lachinga in 1000 right. odds. Like, right. yeah, I know some obscure stuff. And then these three guys come in to the group and it's like, I don't know. Shit. Right. <laughs> like, those guys are like on another level, totally on yeah. another level. But
1: the, 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 the nice thing about this group is it kind of, like we we still kind of get bigger, but we're also realizing within that, like those guys know what I will and won't like. Yes, you know, yes. I can listen to stuff and go, you know what? Jay is going to hate this. Right? Jay's going to love this, or Fossil Man's going to love this, or Chris Preston's going to love that. You know, uh, which which is really nice, and that kind of that kind of blossoms. Everyone's learning and 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 all the stuff that we get to listen to, but at the same time. I mean, I love all the stuff that you guys share because, again, it's awesome. It gives it's like a soundtrack, a daily soundtrack. But the flip side is, you fuckers are costing me a lot of money. Oh, god!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Blame Rob. It's all Dude. Rob's fault. Rob, R- Robin, Professor. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, those it's
0: those guys with their mail calls, like they must yeah. have a yeah, personal yeah. delivery man who shows up at their door.
4: Run <laughs> like and, a first name basis with the UPS guy. Oh
0: god. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, would be, I would have
0: been kicked out of my house and divorced by this point. I, I'm really curious at at the end of the year, like wh-
1: what, who buys more rich or Robin the hood? And then the winner of that, do they buy more albums than fossil man does t-shirts? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and yeah. also like who goes to, I, this is a legit question that I would like to see at the end of the year. Who goes? Not that it's a competition, but who goes to more shows, Terry or Fossil Man? Oh right, between the two of them, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I've gone to like five shows this year, and I think I hate shit. And then <laughs> I like Fossil Man's like, I,
0: I I've 20, gone to forty-seven in the last
3: twenty-three. Six weeks. <laughs> I think
1: twenty-three so
5: far this year. Wow, I think so? Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, not fair though. You guys have a head start because I was still locked down until the end of March. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I I've always thought that like twenty-three to
4: like. You know, I do 20 to 30 shows per year, and I always thought that was a lot. Is a, you know, lot. lot. It yeah. is a lot. And then, you know, Fossil Man is like, you know, going here, going there, driving like cross-country over three states, you know, setting up business meetings or whatever so you can go to a show, which I used to do, actually, when I worked. I have done that. Yeah. When, yes. I, when I used to work for Iron Mountain years ago, I would travel a lot for work, and I would look at the, like, concert dates in, in my territory – and I'd map out meetings where shows were.
5: Talk about people costing people money. If you can see that right there over my shoulder,
4: ah, oh, the T-shirt.
5: Oh, Dress in Canada. You know how much that ended up costing me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but based on when you were saying, you know, I, I felt I oh. felt the emotion that you in your that you needed that to get back oh. into your home, and I. It was just by, sh- like, how, sh- again, though, this is part of, like, the good little thing with the group. Sheer dumb luck that it just so happened that I saw that, like, literally the same time you said that you were missing that shirt.
2: So for everybody who can't see it, it's a Billy Squire shirt.
0: Very, Very cool. Raglan, baseball jersey.
2: Billy junior. Squire was my first rock concert in 1983. Saga yes. wow. and Billy Squire. Wow.
5: Same year. Yep. Same year. Thirty seven years after the show, because of Chris, I got the shirt. That's
4: awesome. So how many I could help? How many shirts like are under your roof, Fossil Man?
5: Two hundred and nineteen presently, I think, and some more inbound. Wow.
4: You've got like you I mean, I've seen some impressive band caves behind you. You have an impressive that's a man cave. Oh yeah. It's decked out. Nice. Got the Abby mm-hmm. K drum head there, that's really
5: nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she blew us away. She get, she actually gave that to me when they came through Dallas. Just unreal. Nice. And
1: who's who's all whose guitars are those? Because you uh, I know you've got a couple really good ones.
5: A couple of them are Ace von Johnson's and one of them is um from Warrant, and then one of them's a Martin that my grandfather played.
4: So
0: oh, okay. Oh. Wow. Oh. Ace is a cool guy. Ace is a Yes, he is.
4: <laughs> Fantastic dude. Awesome guy,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm, I was
4: disappointed because I was at Creatures Fest Memorial Day weekend, and I was, you know, talking with different artists. I was talking with Todd Dan McKearns and Joey Casada and a couple other guys, and I I found out he was there, and I didn't see him. I'm like, oh man, I would like to shake you know, shaking his hand and and talk to him for a few moments because he's been on the show a couple times, and he's a really super nice guy. Yeah, he really is.
3: That Todd Dammit Kearns, that was a great interview, Jay. I, I love listening to him.
4: He's awesome, isn't he? Thanks. Thanks for for, uh, for the compliment. But he I mean, he's such a remarkable dude. He really is. I mean, Amy's a rock star. For those that haven't seen oh, him yeah, live yeah. and perform. Huge. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like when he was on stage with Bruce Kulik and they were doing they were doing the whole revenge album by Kiss and also some non makeup songs. He was handling the Paul parts. Unbelievable. unbelievable yeah he's fantastic uh great guest um we're planning something special here coming up in the fall um with a couple other uh guys too as well kind of like a round table thing i can't divulge what we're planning (laughs) but uh it'll be pretty cool well that's quite the teaser yes yes so you know chris you mentioned some chris preston mentioned that I think we were all in the same boat at one time where we were kind of, you know, mailing it in on our, on our fandom with rock music and kind of got used to the old bands and used to the classic bands that we all know and love. And then there was like a spark of like new music and being part of this group just keeps furthering that spark or, or keeping the spark lit, I should say, because, you know, you someone says something you know about a new band, or someone ranks an album for you know in the quarterly rankings at the end of year. And you, you listen to it, you check it out, like, oh, this band's good, and and you just it's all it's like it's kind of the equivalent to when we were in grade school, and we would sit in the cafeteria at the table, and we would all hand each other tapes with our friends, like, hey, check out this side I just got this tape. I made you a tape of the new Megadeth album. I made you a tape of the new whatever album. And it's almost like that atmosphere, it's it's virtual, it's online, but it's like we're at the cafeteria when we're in junior high and we're passing music along like we used to when we were kids.
0: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's a really good analogy because, you know, (laughs) we're probably, uh, most, many of us are dating ourselves and aging ourselves by saying this, but, you know, that's exactly how I discovered, you know, some bands like, uh, I'm thinking back to like mid-high school for me, like grade 10 or so, I was... I was not in any type of, uh, let's say metal, uh, fandom, but that's how I was introduced to bands like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden because where I lived in Northern Ontario, we didn't have a radio station that played it. Uh, much music up here had just started in late 84. So the videos were just coming out, but how I discovered a lot of those bands back then was similar. (laughs) A friend would be like, Oh my God, I got the new, I got turbo, the new Judas Priest album. You got to hear this. Hand me a tape and boom. I was like, wow, this is fantastic. What else you got?
4: Hey, hey look, Youth rocks. rocks. The Youth Rocks youth is here. In the, the house. Youth. What's up, guys?
1: <laughs> hey, man. Oh what, what shirt you got on? There? the diamond kid. I can't, head I can't hear what any of y'all are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saying. I can't, can't. hear <laughs>
3: hey yeah. dude how was your how was your right, gig? i gotta go they go. are busy oh he's, it was great got...
4: it was great i gotta go i'm late. Yeah, it's, it's some some of his friends are picking him up on the driveway so he's wanted to stop in yeah. but his gig was great i'll, I'll post highway star in just yeah, a second fun.
2: nice oh that's cool yeah yeah, yeah but hey, but chris it was the same for me i mean that one of my favorite bands of all time king crimson i mean they've never been played on the radio literally ever no right and, you know, I found, I, I discovered them because, and I think ninth grade, a buddy of mine was like, hey, you got to come over and listen to this record. And I'm like, okay, because that's what we did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's how it worked. And, uh, you know, one listen and that was
6: it. I, I was completely hooked. Um, and that is,
2: that's the kind of thing that now has to happen in a very different way. And right. fortunately, we're kind of all doing that for each other in the modern way. <laughs> well, when
4: you think about it, we're all roughly around the same age, give or take a little bit. Um, I think uh, Robin the Hood, he's he's the actual um, senior citizen of the group. I yeah, think he's so. A wait a
6: minute, wait a minute, Super wait a minute. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I got cut off while I was driving, but I come back and now you're talking about how old I am. <laughs> I didn't say it; it wasn't me. Well, uh, actually, uh, you know, I, Turbo is Turbo is the same age as I am, but I think he's a few months ahead of me. So if he was on here, I think it'd be him. Okay, and I, I think uh, Sky Rob is older than I am.
2: I think so too. I'm going to be 56 in a couple months. I think I'm the old guy. Mm.
6: Yeah. So there. There you go. All right,
2: all right. All right.
4: I, I, well, I sensitive, su- sensitive
2: subject for Robin the Hood, right? <laughs>
1: it's like everyone is kind of wincing right now. They're like, "Don't call on me."
4: <laughs> <laughs> but what I think is, you know, what, what's remarkable about sharing music these days is because you know we grew up in a time where that's what we did. We would ride our bikes around. We would share music. We would listen you know, to music at the park. Somebody had a boom box wherever we were and we were constantly listening to music. We didn't have the video games to pull us away. We didn't have travel sports that pull us away like they do with kids. Now there's so many distractions for kids these days that, you know, it was just, it was fine to just sit at the park or sit on a patio at your friend's house, have a boom box. Or just listen to music for hours. You know, that's what we did. And then if you had an older brother, because really the way you discovered music prior to MTV was your older brother, if you had one, or older sister, and your friends, yep. you know, who had older brothers and older sisters that were were doing it. that's how you discovered music, um, and then you started you got you went and got the Memrix tapes or the or the whatever blank tapes at the at the you know the the whatever was a you know JC or whatever you know in, in the in the the digital section as they called it the audio <laughs> section as they called it. And you just you you got a couple. If you had a paper route, or if you cut grass on the weekends, you made money, and that money went directly to a record store, right? And you you, and you only bought one back in the day. You didn't buy at least I did because the
2: allowance would only allow one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or if you were if you were smart, you did the Columbia House thing, right? (laughs) <laughs> right, And I think we all
4: owe money to Columbia So Still. I think everyone here <laughs>
0: yeah. owes Lawyers money. in the group <laughs> You didn't hear anything
6: <laughs> Yeah what was, your, what, what, was your, what was your neighborhood record store, Jay? Wow I,
4: We had two We had Big Apple Records um, Which was about a 10 to 15 minute bike ride And then we had Sound Warehouse Was another one that was like a chain back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, sound warehouse, yeah. but those were the, those are yeah. the two. And then once we got our driver's license, uh, there was a HipCat records in Wheeling, Illinois, that the guy was a big uh, Pink Floyd and Zeppelin bootleg collector. And that's who, well, my cousin got me in those Zeppelin bootlegs, but that was my source. And I was allowed back in the back room because back in the day they would raid places like that. They had the bootlegs. You had to be oh, right. really careful. So and you always know knew the cool record stores had the incense smell going yes, out. Like yeah. that was like a standard, like you were in a good place when you walked yeah, right. in to, to yeah, that, that type of record store.
2: That's the difference in where you grew up. Hood Rob, you'll appreciate that for me growing up it was it required a forty five minute drive to Chattanooga and Northgate Mall to go to Peaches.
6: Wow. Mm. Wow. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah. My family is uh, originally from the Chattanooga area and my act My grandmother worked at Northgate for quite some time, so I know exactly where he's talking about.
0: Yeah. Did did you guys have at your local? Because everybody is we're talking about. Did you you had a local record store or two? Did you guys have at your local record store that one guy who was like the known go to for like new music? I had a guy at Records on Wheels was one of the ones in my neck of the woods when Mm -hmm. I was a kid, and Barry Green was his name, and he had the long hair. Kind of a really soft-spoken stoner guy, but man, he knew his stuff, and the stuff he used to recommend to me, unbelievable. And he was known. You want to find a new band? Go see Barry at Records on Wheels. That's
4: cool. uh, however every one of those guys, because every record store had one. You would go to him, like you said. He was the go-to guy to ask about new music. But if you asked that person if they had, if you hadn't if they had an album in the store that he didn't like, right? He would like look down upon yeah, you. That's a good point. Like, 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 you were a total douchebag. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we got, we, yeah, faster Pussycat, It's over there. Yeah, <laughs> stop talking to me. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the new Kiss albums and it's yeah, it's not that good. Like any other stuff is good. You know, he would just give you like this disapproval. You know, but then like if you came in, like, Hey, do you got the new Rush album? Of course we've got the new Rush album. Let me walk you over to it and, and get it for you. You know, it
0: was in just- the, in the early nineties, when I was, you know, in my, when all my bands were going away, the, you know, because grunge and alternative had come in, this guy was great for me because I found stuff like Matthew Sweet. Um, I love Matthew Sweet. Right. Like guys like yeah. that, Liz Fair, um, stuff like that, I discovered through Barry at Records on Wheels. And uh, it was just, you know, nice to be able to kind of find something new um, that I ended up really liking and enjoying. And again, I probably never would have looked at that stuff on the rack um, in the alternative section because I'm like, screw alternative. You're killing my, money. which is basically <laughs> new
4: wave, right? It's basically new wave. They just right. found a new new way to market it. That's a great question for all you guys. When the grunge movement hit and all that music that we grew up with was now not cool, not cool to listen to, what did all you guys do? How did you guys maneuver through that? Did you accept the bands that were coming out like the Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, which were the two I did? I didn't. Really, I never really got into Nirvana, but. You know, what was that like for you guys? Did you kind of hold the flag? Did you venture out into other things that were maybe a little bit more singer-songwriter based? What was your uh, adaptation or how did you adapt
0: to that moment? I went into the fetal position. (laughs) (laughs) That was the expected answer right there.
6: Yes. (laughs) If If I heard... If I heard two heavy guitars, bass, vocals, drums, I was like, This is rock and roll. I don't give a shit what everybody else calls it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right then. Right
2: you know, it's funny too, because the, you know, the nineties was the last era in which radio did play a huge part in terms of what people got exposed to. Right. And it, you know, by the end of the nineties, it was, it was, you know, on the demise. But, um, I, I, uh, I answered this in, uh, response to a question that Paige Gregory posted the other day about how I first heard of Skid Row, right? It was on a Power Rock station and that was the most bizarre format ever. It didn't last very long, but it was a combination of like, you know, the metal of that era, a lot of which was hair metal. Um, and, uh, that could be played on the radio anyway and, uh, and grunge. And so, I mean, you'd literally hear Skid Row, followed immediately by uh pearl jam right yeah. on the same station and that was kind of that was kind of their deal and so it didn't seem like the grunge bands that were a little tiny bit heavy didn't seem far afield to me right you know what rob, just it's... like could rob was saying i mean it was it was just rock and roll with a slightly different flavor it wasn't weird
0: you're right if you it's interesting i do a i read a lot of i do a lot of like I look at, I'm a chart junkie, so I'm constantly looking at billboard and all that. If you look at the billboard rock charts in the like 90 to 95 era, it is a very interesting mix of those two genres, which like you said, the, you know, some of it wasn't too far, like stone temple pilots was coming in there. You know, you've got that stuff happening, but if you look at like the modern rock and the mainstream rock charts there's a little bit of everything sprinkled in those, you know, from Warrant to Def Leppard to Stone Temple Pilots, and Chains, with very little uh, difference between, you know, the sound overall. So it's interesting. That's true, because you still had your, your your Van Halen. You still had ACDC.
1: had yep. a big one in the early 90s. Metallica was starting bon Jovi. to really go mainstream. I don't know who they are. I, I, I'm <laughs> completely not familiar with that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they were still pretty big in the mid-90s, though. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do you guys remember Radio 1990? It was on USA Network, kind of like oh. at the beginning of cable.
0: Then we never had oh. it in good old Canada.
4: So Kathleen Quinlan was the host. And I remember her doing a part. This is probably 86 to 88, somewhere in that era, of the Seattle movement. And I remember the, hearing like what she was talking about. Oh, that music sucks, you know. Like that's that's not going to do anything. And then probably five years later, it was it be it was the biggest thing that you you know that we never expected. So that well, was that movement was happening for a while before it really right. gained in the mainstream. Right. But
0: yeah, what about was, that, sorry that was a, that was a tough time for me because again <laughs> I was really. <laughs> pissed off at uh, all these bands coming in. And then I was really angry when my bands started trying to make alternative records, (laughs) right? Like you had all these, you had a, you know, the big Def Leppard experience, a little bit of uh, we're going to try it, you know, all of the, well, not all of, a good chunk of those late eighties or eighties bands tried to kind of adapt their sound to what was going on. And uh, I remember picking up some of these albums and being like, what the hell? Why are you abandoning me? <laughs> so did you uh, during that time,
1: did you ever cheat on rock and and, and go go country
0: or go R&B or hip hop? So you know what I did? Uh-oh. This is a moment. This <laughs> moment so, I am at in midnight in the mid 90s, I'm in my early to mid 20s. I'm clubbing, right? So I actually had a, like, hey, clubbing phase with the mid-90s okay. dance scene going on. <laughs> Do you have
4: cabaregis, Chris?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I will admit I did veer off a bit into country because I did oh, uh, Yeah, Twain. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually Faith saw Hill. The, uh, Twain in concert. Yeah.
4: Faith Hill. I saw her.
0: Yeah. 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 That was the extent that, of it. But
1: that honestly like I figured if you were going to you were going to go like The Garth Brooks, Shania Twain,
0: like, and I did pop see country route. I did see Garth as well and I will admit he puts on one hell of a rock show. That's what, they you know say. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Ooh, what's interesting about those bands in that 90s like Def Leppard or Motley Crue who tried to change their sound. The bands that didn't, Aerosmith, Van Halen, ACDC. A C D C Chris's favorite band, Bon Jovi, um still were as popular and still maintained that popularity because yeah. I think they trade tra- they stayed true to themselves. They didn't try to follow anything. I think the bands that kind of tried to follow something were the bands that really suffered because I think fans sniffed out that lack of authenticity.
2: Yeah. I think that's probably true. I mean, look how big Razor's Edge was for ACDC in that right. exact time period. Uh, You know, I mean, who would have who would have thought that a song from that album in the 90s would ultimately probably be the band's biggest legacy from a musical perspective that, you know, I mean, people are going to know Thunderstruck has long forgotten who recorded it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 True.
1: I got I got to I got to switch topics real quick just for one second. I just got to put on my Canucks hat to counter that garbage shirt that someone is wearing.
0: Uh
1: oh. So, yeah. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> hey, I,
3: I'm going to see you on Saturday, pal. That's true. Oh, <laughs> hold on.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you don't want to go home in pieces, do you?
3: I, I, so, I, I,
4: so I say, so I'm not going to wear my
1: Canuck shirt on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't taken. know if
4: you, you should not wear that in the city. You should
0: not wear that also, you know? Probably yeah. not a good idea.
4: No. 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 I, I, I remember when Chris first told me he was a Canuck fan. I'm like, how do you become a Canuck fan? Yeah. Like,
0: Very curious. Yeah. yeah. I
4: I
1: I got into hockey late and I started following the Capitals. I still I still really like the Capitals. Um but when I was living in Boston I I just hated everything. About the city. I mean, the people, the fans. Chris, the public, tell us how you really feel. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and Bruins fans were, were Obnoxious. The, the, the least offensive at the time because they hadn't yet started to, uh-huh. to get as successful as they've been. But when I started watching hockey and everything, I was like, I, I have to find a team that's so far away from the Bruins. And I was, you, you look at a map and you're like, <laughs> okay, Vancouver, I am a Canucks fan. And that's how it started. God's honest truth. That's how it started.
6: Uh, <laughs> so what did you do during that? I assumed you were terrible. I just assumed you were you were sweet on Taimu Solani, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean when they played each other in the
4: Stanley Cup, that'd that be painful. pretty rough. That was that'd be very painful. Yeah,
1: it was awful because everyone in my office is from Boston, and you had to deal with that. That was that was, was hard. Yeah. That, was, that was part of, like, phase two of Chris drinking and eating a lot,
4: you know? <laughs> phase two? <laughs> phase yeah, well, what was what's, what was phase one? Phase one college? Post-college. <laughs> okay. What but, phase are you on now?
1: Oh. Uh, so Bon Jovi. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor John Bon Jovi. Oh, boy. He, not John Bon Anvil. <laughs> yeah, not not sounding so good these days.
4: Yeah, I don't know how much longer he's going to be doing it. I mean, he—I mean, it's a lot of those guys didn't know how to sing back then. You know, they were just—that's
2: the real problem.
4: Yeah, right? couldn't really sing then. Well, they could sing, but they didn't know how to sing. Like with to conserve mm-hmm. their voice. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Plant blew out his voice. It's Paul Stanley's having an issue. Bon Jovi had a great voice back in the day. He could really belt it out. But again, you know, like preserving your voice and how to use your proper air techniques and all that stuff. None of those guys were doing that. None of them. Steven Tyler is like the only one that's still, and he was, I mean, Hagar. Hagar sounds good. Okay. And Ian e Axbury sounds good based on what yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. Saturday night. Um, and I even Glenn, said, Hughes. Glenn Hughes. Glenn yeah. Hughes, yeah. Glenn Hughes, yeah. yeah I, even, I even said to, to, to my son, I go, you know, Luke Spiller from the Struts. Oh, A lot of people compare him to Freddie Mercury, but I would say Freddie Mercury and Ian Attsbury. Totally.
0: Yeah. So I saw the Struts in 2018. That's probably the band that really started my, hey, there's other new bands out here that are good. And he, he, to me, is rock star. He is like a perfect mix of those guys. A little Mick Jagger. And throw in a little Steven Tyler. He has all those guys in one whirlwind and they are one of the best shows that I have seen. I, I'm hoping they're they're gonna put out something new. They seem to be really slow to put out new material. Um, but they are they're the, they're probably were my gateway into like, hey, rock is not dead. There are other bands I, out there that are making good <laughs> music. Yeah. Yeah, it, it,
1: it's funny, like we were, we were talking earlier today. Um or I was talking earlier today about Shinedown. But it's funny, I can kind of like trace back. I, I can tell in the two thousands I was getting really kind of bored with music and by about I don't know, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven when you when I had run through the 7,000 songs on my iPod for like the 89th time, you, know, you start like branching out and, and, you know, I was really into Alter Bridge still. Love them. I love them. Mm-hmm. And, and I was into Shinedown, but it was funny. Like I can kind of, I can kind of like look back and see bands, you know, um, like Wolf Mother yep. and then a couple of four or five years or three or four years later, it was like, Oh, I found Crowbot. Cool. You know, and then, you know, you find like little bands here and there. And then it was like, okay, well, who's Turbo Wolf? And then it was like, oh, who's this Greta Man Fleet? And who's this? And then who's this? And now it's 2022. And I feel like, you know, some of this stuff, like like the Jerry Cantrell album that came out last fall. I'm like, it seems like so long ago, there's so much new music coming. It just, <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it's a snowball. Like it, that kinetic energy True. just started. And then it just kept... Getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know. It, but yeah, I can kind of trace it back. Like, I feel like Alter Bridge was the one that started pulling me away from new metal. Not that there's anything bad with some of the new metal, you know. Like, no issues with lincoln Park and stuff. Like, I got into it because that's what it was there. But the Shine Down started pulling me away, and 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 Alter Bridge and the Crowbot, and I was like, wow, there's a lot more out here that kind of fits me. Because at the same time, you know. For me, it was kind of like, well, Van Halen, for all intents and purposes, is dead. You know, every few years you're like, oh, we got a new songs from Sam, but they're touring with Dave. Well, what the hell is going on? You know, like so that I like I couldn't rely on that, and and no. that was like in a weird time for Metallica. So it was it was it was kind of good, but yeah, new rock, th- this whole new wave to me, and then you know, I tried to I. I try to get into some of the prog stuff from, from the professor you know, and, and jumping <laughs> into you. a lot of the stuff with, uh, with Rich and Rob, but yeah, it, 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 it's an interesting journey when you look back and then you realize, holy shit, I'm talking about Shinedown or, or Alter Bridge, like they're a new band and they've been around for almost 20 years. I'm old. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that is so true. I mean, I, you know, there are still bands that I, that I love that, you know, in some ways in my mind are new bands like Porcupine Tree and Opeth and Mastodon. I mean, these bands have been around a while, Uh, you know, I mean, they're still great and they're making great music and they're kicking butt, but they're, and you know, but they're not, I mean, that's not new. And that was the big difference between what I learned from all of you guys is they're, they're great bands that are, I mean, we're, like we you know a bunch of us uh several of us here went to that dirty honey show i mean those guys are what 23 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um you know i mean their their first album was 2018 19 something yeah. like that I mean, e, that's, e, yeah yeah i mean that's a you know that's what really qualifies as a new rock band and it's just so encouraging that there are actually those yeah yeah it's yeah fun that was to, a
1: great show it's sure fun what? to stumble on like like the the young kids, when you find like a band and they're legitimately young kids, but they still can put something out that you're like, "Holy shit, I can get on this!" You know, like like like. Well, who knows what's gonna happen with them now? But like Naked Gypsy Queens or King Bull, I, I absolutely love King Bull. It's a bunch of kids who repair motorcycles. You know, yeah. like, like literal teenagers, but their music is awesome, and and
0: it's it's so much fun. Like when you when so you that that's stuff. the difference, though, Chris, between the industry now and back, right? Those that wouldn't have happened, right? Before, right? Like right. Anybody, as you have talked about Jay on a bunch of shows, that you know anybody can put out anything on Spotify at any time, right? And you know you don't have to have a label, you don't have to be signed, you don't have to have a deal. Um, and all of these bands that I, I've benefited from that, which is great, you know, um, but I think it's, you know, talking about has that diluted things overall too and made it more difficult in a sense. I don't know. It's uh it's an interesting dilemma because like that episode that Jay did with Eddie Trunk, um, I think was one of the best discussions I've heard in a long time um, just about the whole you know, rock is dead and where is it going and, you know, how things are different with streaming now versus, you know, you know, Eddie talked about, you know, sign, cause he did that. He signed bands to his, to Megaforce, et cetera. And you know, how that doesn't happen anymore. And I just find that part of the business fascinating. That's where Christy would be good to come on here too. And, uh, and talk about it, but, you know, for a new rock band to, get noticed and to make a name for themselves like the fact dirty honey has doesn't have like they're not signed right like they don't have a label no, no. they've done it all on their own and then you got the warning who has built this massive i mean they're signed now but they've used the tools available to them with technology to create a fan base that's just unbelievable without having up to the point of last year a label behind them
2: there needs to be a North American label that does that stuff, right? Like, I feel like a, a lot of the reason that some of these British bands have labels and are so uh, able to, you know, to do that is because of earache, right? And uh, you know, there and there are specialty labels for um, for metal, like uh, Nuclear Blast and uh, and um, Napalm Napalm Records, right? Where you know, relatively unknown bands can get record deals and put out records and all that stuff, and and you know, there just doesn't there doesn't seem to me to be a, you know, more new wave of classic rock oriented label in the U S that's doing that. Now, maybe I just don't know, but, um, but well, not- then there's
0: frontiers too, right? Like frontiers is another,
2: well, as we, you know, as
4: I've learned a lot and I can't really say any you know, specific names, um, Ooh. I, I just can't, <laughs> So there are a lot of record labels out there that really do not, do not have a great reputation with, you know, how they treat the artists right. and, and what they do. And, and, and there's, a, there's a few bands that I know of that their albums will never see the light of day that they've recorded. And right. um, it's heartbreaking to hear that, especially because a lot of these young artists really embrace that grind and, and you know, because you're not going to be a millionaire anymore doing rock music, right? You could, but it's 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 so much harder to do that now. And when you hear these stories and people tell you things and um you see things happen, it's heartbreaking for these young kids that uh that experience that. And I always that's why I'm I'm really big on don't worry about a record deal. You don't want a record deal in today's, you know, day and unless you're a hip-hop artist or a pop star um you want a management company and that's what dirty honey has dirty honey has an incredible management company and Mm -hmm. an incredible publicist that has and they have a very small team that is is wants their success just as much as the guys in the band want to be successful you know um i just heard this trying to remember who just told me this but there are record labels out there that will sign bands and shelve their records because they don't want them to compete with the other bands on their label. That's oh, that, that happens. Yeah, that that's, awful. happens. That's, that's, awful. That, that's that, that, that does happen. And it's heartbreaking when you hear that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, for whenever I hear a, a young band um, wanting a record deal, I, I, you know, I don't, I just want to reach out to them. Like, you don't want a record deal. You, you want a management deal mm, um, because that'll, that'll get you further. Because now, you know, it used to be the album and then the tour supported the album. Now right. it's the tour. Um, the album supports the tour, yeah. right? It, it's kind of, it's kind of flipped right. in how it is now. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of heartbreaking stories. A lot of these bands that I love, you know, you've got, you know, earache does a great job. I've heard a lot of great things about earache um that you know for for bands that have been on that label, but there are labels out there that like you know you just want to stay away from
1: have have uh have any have any of you guys watched uh this show that youtube show no cover
4: no, you've told me about it, but i want to check it out yeah uh, yeah carl uh, uh
1: new classic rock um in north America turned me onto it so i, I won't I won't ruin anything I, I, for our group and for a lot of people who who if they're taking the time to listen to all of this, they, I think they would find it pretty interesting, but the, the gist is rock bands and artists from all over come in and it's, you know, you play, you've got a pretty good uh, group of well-known artists to critique you and they essentially pick a winner. And And the gist at the end of the show is you get a record deal. But the, the interesting thing is, is that whomever won, and I won't say who won, um, or a really entertaining band that I I, I didn't know of. Um, But I don't know that they needed a record deal as much as maybe a management company, which is exactly what you were just saying. You know, it's really interesting how the record deal used to be the thing and it's really not anymore. And and I found myself like thinking of that while watching the show. And that kind of corresponds to this entire conversation that, or, or the whole point that you were just making Jay, like, Use dirty honey as the template. Yeah. You don't necessarily need the record deal. Just have a really good management company. But oh. with that said, it's a it's it's a really interesting show. I think there was eleven. I got check episodes. That it's 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 a, sure. it's worth
0: a watch. You know what drives me nuts though, and I still can't wrap my head around it because I was, you know, we all grew up with the uh, you're waiting, waiting, waiting for Friday, or then it became Tuesday for the new album right to come out. You've heard one single, one, yeah, and then you're waiting. And you get the whole album. Now, the singles, like the amount of singles that come out, like a good example, I was listening to, and I think, I don't think the album's out, I was listening to Them Dirty Roses the other day. And I, they've released a whole pile of stuff, almost an album, I think, but not the actual album yet. It's all these single after single. And, you know, you get hit with, even Def Leppard did it with Diamond Star Halos. They released the first single, three weeks later, the second single, three weeks later, the third single. I'm like,
2: give me the album!
0: like it's yeah. like i'm
2: kind of like the modern way right
0: it is i bet that singles are the modern way but to me it's still i'm still you know i get really excited about like okay there's a new album announced and i'm gearing up for that day when i can go because i want to buy if i if it's a band i love i want to buy the cd or the album and then they do this where it's just oh just it's a single on friday and then three weeks later it's another single i'm like it's a yeah. again. It's just getting used to the new way of consuming. Right. I guess that I
1: I'm, I think this whole group, so everyone on right now, and and the turbos and the riches and the Terrys and the cas is like, like we're all like fossils hey, Fossil Man, we're all Fossils in a sense where we're album consumers. Right, we're, right. We're, we're album consumers. Like right. we, we listen from song one to the end and we say, this is great or, hey, it was okay, but we all enjoy the album, whereas today's society is kick the single, sell the single, and who cares about the rest? <laughs> you know? Kick another single, it, it's that immediate gratification whereas we all want the, the big ball of wax.
0: Well, that's what I find really hard about, like, you know, it used to be, and I think there's been discussions on on one of your shows, Jay's, about how an album is sequenced, even, and there's thought behind on, you know, side one and what goes on side two, and all of that is gone with streaming. And the the again, I think you talked with Sydney about this too on one episode on one episode where you know the the tendency for kids nowadays to skip right with streaming, and that drives me nuts. My daughter does it. Thirty seconds in, boom, skip. Skip, skip, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> we used to have to
4: get our asses up and go right to the record player and move the needle or but fast too much forward work. or fast forward and then rewind, fast forward and quickly rewind, quickly fast forward and get to the song. I'm like, all right, and then the, <laughs> and then and then the tape would be eaten by the, the by the tape deck.
0: I guess I'm just a grumpy old man. Get off my lawn. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say the one positive thing about. Now the tour is, it's all about the tour, is the frequency that bands come to different areas and are constantly touring. Um, you know, it used to be where bands would take a three-year break and they wouldn't tour, they wouldn't release an album two, three years. I mean, I think of, of Scorpions after uh, Love It First Sting into Savage Amusement, I think it was a four-year period where they Almost. didn't do anything. But now, so now the turnaround is, you know, 18 months or less for, in most cases, so, I mean, I, I remember one year I saw Blackberry Smoke four times in the Chicago area. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. You know, but, you know, um, so that is, that's the positive to negative trade-off of having the music business the way it is right now is, yes, we get to see these bands a lot more. But, you know, they are grinding it out and you really got to appreciate what they do. You know, I know, I know Fossil Man's a huge Jackal fan. Right, I mean, yeah. you know, Jack. I think, I think, you know, he owns, you know, um, some other businesses, right, to help yeah. keep funding that that band. But you know, you look at a band that was really kind of at the tail end of that era, that still was a formidable, you know, yeah. touring act, whether you yeah. like them or not.
5: Yeah, they had a very unfortunate 1992 debut,
4: so right. the wrong time. But how many bands? that debuted in 1992 are able to tour like jackal i can't i can't think of any
5: not many yep
4: yeah Yeah. that's true you know um but he's i think he's found his audience i think they found their audience i think they kind of know the markets they're very successful in and they just keep pounding out they do the those cruises pay very well by the way those cruises i mean are are a lifeblood for a lot of these bands because they get paid extremely mm. well. Festivals get paid; they get paid very well. Um, and plus, we're living in the age of merch now, too. Right. So, yeah, no, it's it's amazing how we've seen that that shift of what it was to what it is now, um, and just how things are different. And I miss those old days. I know I know we sound like fossils when we say that, but. There was an excitement because of that physical, tangible piece of music.
2: Oh, I'm still pretty excited when the vinyl shows up at the front
6: door. <laughs> the vinyl just showed up at my front door as we were talking. I'm about to go get it. Oh, yeah. oh we've, got a, we've got a live mail call. Let's let's, <laughs> go, with,
4: let's, <laughs> like, let's go to let's go to the cameras for the live feed. I want to see the
2: unboxing. Who's got to eat for dinner
6: tonight? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, I beat my wife home, so she doesn't see it out here. So um, it looks like I got two records and a. CD. I'm guessing by the package side So, All stand right. by. Is it a Ripple package?
1: Is that your Ripple sale uh, takeaway? They have
6: really awesome labels, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ripple Ripple has been, I've been doing my best to fund them by myself, but I'm sure yeah. the rich is outdoing me. <laughs> uh, let me see here. <laughs> Ladies, and gentlemen, uh, Ladies and gentlemen,
4: you are uh, experiencing two of the uh, board of directors
6: of <laughs> <there with> Ripple <laughs> oh, Records <yeah>. here <laughs> on the group gossip. <laughs> <laughs> No, let's see. That's not Ripple. That's not Ripple. And what's this other one here? No, no Ripple. No. Ripple. All that I free
1: can... advertising and no Ripple.
6: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I'm gonna go back to mute for a second so I can open these things
2: <laughs> I, I did get a shipping notification from Ripple today that the uh, that the album by the band Stake is finally showing up on vinyl, like whatever it is, like eight months later.
4: I have not gotten my Crownlands album i ordered <laughs> but
0: i did <laughs> i did too when is, yeah, when is, when is this you mess know, of vinyl shortage is gonna end because i heard i heard i've been and i meant to ask them when i met them i meant to ask the warning where's your physical copies and they said on your episode last week jay that all that stuff is in the works for vinyl i'm i'm assuming vinyl and cds But they didn't have an answer in terms of when it was actually going to come to fruition. Like,
1: so what at their merch table was it just t-shirts? Yeah, there was there
0: was so they had they had so I was actually a bit disappointed they they had very little merch at the two shows I was at. What Um, show was this? The Warning.
2: Yeah. I mean you you can make CDs easy. I mean you guys saw my son as them, right? I mean,
0: yeah, but I mean, but I, there like, must be some issue. Like I don't know, I, Jay, if you got any insight from them on on the because I they did you did they mentioned that the physical stuff was coming, but they there's the delay of vinyl and <laughs> like,
4: yeah. They were when they were at Summerfest, they had a pretty good sized merch table. Mm, so okay. I think, you know I don't know what happened in, in your case, what you know. But I know they are on a customs? tour. They, well, Well, yeah. could be customs. But I also know too that you know the longer the tour goes on, if they start selling more than they anticipate. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they they've got those triggers that you know reorder at this amount, and if, if because of the supply chain issues and because everything is delayed, that might have factored into why they didn't. I will.
0: S- uh, I will say I was very pleasantly surprised at the uh, at the one show especially the outdoor festival, which had bands from like Skid Row to Honeymoon Suite to uh, St. Asonia to The Warning. I was really surprised and pleasantly impressed on how many Warning shirts I saw in the crowd. It was really interesting, especially... So you,
1: so you just got to the merch
0: table late, that's all. Maybe. Maybe we <laughs> did. Maybe we did. But I, I was able to get my daughter one, so she was happy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just interesting because the merch thing you know they're on tour with 3 days grace in november and i'm going to go see them again i'm not a 3 days grace fan per se but arenas like we're talking probably like not the big big arenas here in canada but the 5 to 10,000 seaters um which i'm assuming they're going to be bringing a lot more merch than they had um for these smaller club dates i don't know maybe but
4: that band is exploding right now um i i look at them like greta was when they released that EP and they had that first single highway tune. Um, I don't know if the warning has that song per se, like highway tune was, but I think just their, their word of mouth, their fandom, their dedicated fan base. And at the end of the day, the music's got to be good. Um, Right.
0: And the, and, they have to me, they have much more mass appeal than Greta Van Fleet.
4: Absolutely the, they do. The, absolutely. The warning
0: the warning and the one thing I'll say about them is they write and I told them this when I met them, I'm like, you guys write anthems. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Like you have that you have that special talent that you write anthems. Every song on that album could be a single and every song could be like it's unbelievable the people singing along to their songs, like literally every single one of them at the show. They're like the modern
4: day Metallica. They really are in terms of yeah. the way the fan base was. I mean, you, you guys remember when Metallica was first starting out, that rabid, dedicated underground fan base that they had yeah. that really propelled them with Injustice for All and the Black Album. I mean, if it wasn't for that swell of that underground sensation that they were, that never would have happened. And I feel that you know, with the fan base that The Warning has, that's very dedicated. It's swelling. It keeps growing and growing. And there's going to be that album, you know, this, this debut album they have is great, but as they keep going further along, they're going to have that album where it all just comes rushing up at once and boom, they're the biggest thing since blueberry pancakes.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I
4: mean, they're Hi, just, blueberry. you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I got, I just had blueberries this morning. Okay. So I, I just went with what I know. I just went with what I know.
0: Like, <laughs> good pancakes.
4: I love Blueberry. It's very good for you. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, Rid of, yes, very. It's anti-inflammatory, so uh, you know. I went with. It's that. good
3: for uh, nausea. I think blueberries are good for nausea. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So my wife told me.
4: Well, next time I'm in the car and someone's playing pop music, I'll eat some blueberries and I'll there see if the nausea goes away. There, there you yeah. go. <laughs>
1: what What happens when 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 the warning gets really big, and then they? Like make a right turn with their music, and they throw out like their
2: version of the battle at Garden's Gate. What happens then? Oh, you're such. A... Uh-oh. Actually, the, the, the more the more interesting analogy that actually works, as opposed to your lame analogy. Um, <laughs> look at look
4: at look at the look at the disapproval he, on Rob's he face. He's not happy. <laughs>
2: yeah. Is uh, is Paramore right? So I mean, Paramore was a punk band, right? And and I don't know exactly what caused it, but, you know, their last album was that exact turn, right? I mean, they got popular by making a pop album. Um, and it's awful in my opinion. Um, but, and, you know, I, they, I do think they alienated a lot of their fan base. To, you know, did they more than make up for it by their, you know, newer fans? Don't know, obviously. Um, but they will face that pressure, right? I mean, yeah. eventually they will yeah. face that pressure to be, less heavy.
0: Um, yeah, and, you're right. Because it'll be interesting, you know, it'll be interesting because, you know, now that Lada has money behind them, mm-hmm. that's a good point because, you know, they 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 are very independent still and they I think part of the reason they negotiated for so long was to maintain control, but when you've got a big label, they're well funded now at some point does that come into play with like your like you said, Rob? Yep. I don't know. I, 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 hopefully they won't stray too far, but.
4: Well, you also know. have to remember too, that I think the oldest member is 21, 22, maybe
0: <laughs> um, she's 22. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so they're going to keep evolving, right? Because yep. when you're young like that, you're going to keep evolving. So it may not so much be the pressure, but it may just be their natural evolution yep. of how they evolve. Um, right. So that's going to be interesting, how that balance takes place and how we witness that balance. But their fans are just so, and their fans are going to grow with them, right? Because the one, the, the heavy presence online are a lot younger. So as they grow yes. older, like there's bands out there, like when you think of Van Halen, you think of Metallica, think of Bon Jovi, Chris's favorite band, and others, they grew with their audiences. Their audience came out of the teenager era, came into the early 20s, into you know, Parenthood and, you know, whatever, those bands continue to to sound more mature as their audience grew up, right? Right. So they stay connected with that audience. Whether you like them or not, that's what they did. And when you see a young band like Greta or The Warning and some of the others, um, that's really how you hope they evolve is they evolve with their young audience. They're evolving. They're writing more mature stuff. They're sounding more mature. And before you know it, their audience has grown up with them as they've grown up. And that's the perfect mesh to have with a band, with an artist.
2: Yeah. The question is, can they pull it off? And I mean, you know, can a given band pull it off by still writing compelling music? Yeah. Right. I mean, that, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. The problem is there are lots of instances where, you know, a move to a more a sound that I think at least people want to think is going to be more generally uh, accepted um, doesn't come with, a transition to great songwriting in that genre.
4: <laughs> well, when you think too, that they are only a three piece. And I mentioned to this on, uh, during the interview, I, I saw Rush a bunch of times during the day and it always sounded like there was six people up there easily. <laughs> winery dogs is the same way. Like when you hear right. winery dogs, it's like, there's only three people up there. How can that be? Right. I, I see the same thing with the warning. Like you're listening 100%. to them and you're like, there's only three people up there and they're, and they're young too. So even in their, their music, you hear a lot of that influence of rush with their arrangements, with the way they present the music. You also hear a lot of, you know, your Metallica style, your, your heavy metal, and you fuse that into where they're from Mexico with a lot of Latin music. It's a very interesting um, dynamic within the band and very interesting influence. So, You know, Greta and the warning, you know, and obviously there's the Dirty Honeys and there's the Mammoths and there's other bands out there, the Struts, um, that are kind of just right underneath the surface of popularity. But those two, Greta, I think, is already going to be able to play arenas, you know, basketball arenas and stuff like that. But I think the warning is right behind him, I think, within the next two years you'll see him play in arenas. I hope so. Yeah. When
1: the last time Greta came through, like the greater Chicago area, where did they play?
2: Yeah, they played at Northern Line Pavilions, like 30,000 people. I mean yeah. it's outdoor yeah. in the yeah. summer. Wow. But, yeah. yeah.
3: And um, then the year before that, were- I saw them in think, 20, uh, 2018 at uh, the Aragon.
4: Yeah, I saw them at the Aragon too. They played
2: three nights at the Aragon. Right, and the Aragon, the Aragon's, I mean, it's indoor, but it's just not directly comparable, but it's like 5,000, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, right. it's certainly not, it's certainly not 30. That, uh, that Crown Lands Grenovan Fleet pairing for the fall is, uh, something uh, that I think will be fun. Maybe uh, I'll get my album by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't uh. count on it. I have one, I have only one now that's, uh, that dates back to January. Vinyl that I ordered that dates back to January. One that wasn't like a GoFundMe, right? I mean, I've done some vinyl, I've done some GoFundMe for independent bands that are trying to uh, press vinyl, right? So I don't really count those, but, um, the, uh, the vinyl version of Plush's debut album is now getting, now oh, has yeah. that, uh, that now has that, uh, uh dubious distinction of being the longest outstanding vinyl order that I have.
1: <laughs> what, what about you, Rob? Other oh, Rob? Hood Rob?
6: Hood Rob. What yeah, do you have anything as that's as, really late? Yeah, Crownlands. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ordered I feel like it's been like what, 8 9 months since I ordered that thing and I Well, I, I think I, I I, was probably August or September, right?
0: Of last year. Yeah, that's Holy hard. smokes. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
6: So what, what yeah, did you get, got, Rob? A, the the most You know, Oh, my mail call today? Yeah. I got, uh, well, only one of them is something new. I got two, the two records were from, or like old stuff that I was filling in gaps in my vinyl catalog. Uh, I did get one new album on, um, CD though, that is brand new, brand new. It came out in June. It's a uh, locust point and the album is Michigan drag. Um, I think Chris, I mentioned this to you, Rich and, and turbo. It's, um, it's pretty heavy, and the vocals to me had like a really strong Paul Stanley element to them. So if, if that's your thing, you may want to check them out. I also got a T-shirt. I don't know if Fossil Man's still on here or not, but I got a, a Zed T-shirt, which really really makes me happy. It's from the Doomfest in Maryland that I didn't get to go to, but I was really like daydreaming about it, so I bought one of their T-shirts. That's so, cool.
4: so when you're talking like a Paul Stanley element, are you like in between songs?
6: There's like a,
4: oh, what'd you think of that song? I got a new one for <laughs> you. <Yeah>, on. <yeah. laughs>
6: well, there is a, there's an audience participation portion. I look in the liner notes <laughs> and it says right here, scream out, does anybody like to taste alcohol? And then you to yell back. <laughs> no, it's, the vocal delivery just reminds me of Paul Stanley quite a bit. Okay. All right. And they were called what again? Locust Point. They're from Michigan. Okay. Hmm.
5: Okay, I'm sorry. Question for you, if I may. So uh, I order a lot of shirts right through the mail and sometimes they show up and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I I totally forgot that I ordered that. And I know a lot of you guys order a lot more albums than I do shirts. How do you track it? You literally keep spreadsheets of what you've ordered, when you ordered it, when to expect it, that type of stuff.
4: Wow. Wow. Spreadsheets. Oh, I, does anyone on a group council do spreadsheets? <laughs> anyone? Any anyone do like an in-depth thing of spreadsheets? Huh? I think there may be someone that's got a whole binder full of spreadsheets. His name uh, is Chris Corradetti. He might be working you know, on one right now.
1: It, it's really funny. I, I keep on my little spreadsheet of what I'm listening to. Uh, I have a, a column for check marks, and a yellow check mark is. I need to order this. And a purple one is, I have ordered it. But the funny thing is, is that I don't have a column for, has it arrived? And I feel like I need to have that column. Uh
4: uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, if you get audited by the IRS, that, that binder needs to be up to date.
0: <laughs> exactly.
4: You know it's what you to need today. to do
0: is you need to ditch the spreadsheet for the music stuff and get an app and track it. I use CLZ Music to track... Everything in the collection, you scan it or you type in the catalog number. Boom!
6: Technology. Wow. Or, okay. or in the alternative, you just act like you're walking up to a craps table. You consider the money to be burned the instant you spend it, and then when the stuff shows up, it's kind of like Christmas. Good point. Right. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> well,
4: yeah. No, I just see the wheels turning in Chris Cordetti's mind with that app that you just showed. Chris yeah. President. he's like, really? There's, 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 an app. There's, <laughs> I,
1: I, yeah, I, it, it, that seems legit. That, that seems like something I should use. I mean, I used to use like a little notebook, and then yep. I went to Excel. That's what I had a notebook. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Was, it It got to a point where honestly, I if I could move my laptop, I would show you. I still have. I would, you know, people would say, "Check this out! Check this out! Check this out!" and I would write it all down on post-it notes. And it just got to the point where there was like thirty notes on my desk, and then eventually some underneath my shoe, and then some on the floor. So it, it went to the spreadsheet. But yeah, I I kind of keep track of my purchases, fossil man, on a spreadsheet. But you know, the downside by keeping track on a spreadsheet is you also see how much you're spending. Yes, so that kind of sucks. <laughs>
0: That's also the problem with discogs as well. Right.
4: So if you ever do get divorced, your wife. Has a body of evidence. That's right.
0: <laughs> right. If she has your password for Discogs and it shows the value, oh boy! Yeah. Right. <laughs> look That's look why I have not touched
1: Discogs. <laughs> I haven't touched it.
4: Discogs. I had to like Danger. ban myself from Discogs because I was like, I, I just I remember I was looking at my my credit card statement and I'm like wait, how much money did I spend on this no, like, you don't cool. realize it. Yeah. It's just because it's like, oh my God, I, I need that. I didn't need that yesterday, <laughs> but I need that today. <laughs> um, but I will say though, in, in defense of Mr. Spreadsheet, there are times where I call him and I go, Hey, can you look this up for me? Do you, do we, you know, he's, <laughs> and like, it's, it's almost like I called down to like research and development and they've got all the information at his fingertips. Or <laughs> get
1: the hamsters on the phone.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's like it's a, I, there's that one guy in the group council, which I can call at any moment and ask him about this album, or if he has it, if he's listened to it or whatever, and I know I'll get an answer.
0: That's awesome.
4: So it is beneficial. As much as I make fun of him for his uh, poor rankings at the quarterly episodes and his spreadsheets, <laughs> he is a value to the group council.
1: We, you can't make fun of my rankings yet. No one's heard them.
4: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we're excited.
0: I think this, from what I've gathered to this point, Q two is a, a very uh, eclectic and just from what I've heard, the rumblings a lot of different stuff from everybody, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Definitely yeah. not at the level of 2021 yet, because 2021 was like every Friday. Yeah. It was like two, you know, three to four different albums that were coming out that were great, right? Like every song was awesome. And you had that this year, but it's, it's probably like maybe a fourth of what it was, or maybe a quarter of what it was last year in just terms of the, the output and the quality. Right.
0: I think um, there's a bunch of stuff on top for the end, like Q4 from a bunch of artists. So it'll be interesting to see how the year finishes up. But end, of found- Q,
4: end of Q3 and the Q and the beginning of Q4 is going to be a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Rival Sons. You've got mm-hmm. Joyous Wolf. You've got... Uh, guys. I'm trying to think who else. Um, Jackal. Sorry, what yeah. Jackal. <laughs> new material from Jackal. No, there's going to uh, be a bunch uh, of stuff.
5: It's only a live album with three new songs added onto it. So oh, three cool. new everything else is just live recordings. Yep.
4: You go to so That's many cool. shows. You go to so many shows, Fossil, man. Obviously we know you're a big Jackal fan and, and uh, you know, we know you're a big LA guns fan, you know, especially with ACE, but like, what is your favorite show over the last couple of years?
1: Oh Lord. Um, Remember Abby's going to hear this. You
4: know you <laughs>
1: <might>.
5: <laughs> Favorite moment. She pulls that box out from under the table and says, here, I got something for you. Totally, That's out of the- so cool. That was, yeah, that was awesome. Oh God. Um, it might be one of the one of the Dirty Honey shows um, yeah. we saw in Oklahoma City last year at the zoo. I think it was Plush, Joyous Wolf, Dirty Honey, Mammoth, WVH.
4: Yeah, that was a great bill. That was Oklahoma, right?
5: Uh, yeah, I was at the Oklahoma City Zoo. Yeah, yeah. That, wow. that that
4: be my favorite one
5: um, out of the last couple of years. Because it was my fir- first time seeing Plush. Um, you know third or fourth time for Dirty Honey and Joyous Wolf, but it just it was cool. It's a cool venue. It's uh, I mean, you'll get some steps in, and I wasn't in very good shape at that time, so you run up and down those stairs, man, it'll kill you. But uh, it was a good show,
0: it's awesome.
3: That's a good job. I, I saw a plush open up for Slash uh, earlier this year, and I thought they were dynamite. I was really impressed with yeah. them.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm hoping they come up. Plush comes up here um, cuz I'm I've heard so many good things about their live show too. And that just to echo what you said Fossilman, and like Dirty Honey Mammoth um that was my first show back after COVID in March and it was stellar. The only drawback was Mammoth's set was too short in my opinion, but holy smokes. Those guys can play. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
5: I, I, I like Dirty Honey, their shows, and they're one of those bands over the last couple of years, from one time to the next, you could almost just see yep. the changes and the improvements and that type of stuff. Literally, you might see them six months later, and it's totally new in that they've improved that much. Yeah, so one of my favorite young bands for sure.
4: I love that too. Uh, Joyous Wolf. I think of them when I saw them twice last year and then I saw them open up for Dorothy, it completely elevated their performance a lot tighter than they were last year um, when they were, and same thing with dirty honey, you know, saw them twice last year uh, or saw them with, the, saw them with the black crows. Then I seen them with mammoth. I love when a new band, you can see that growth and you can see them becoming more in tune with each other. Like we just saw with, you know, the warning seeing them for a second time. Uh, I love seeing that stuff. It's, it's, it's that you, you know, it's cooking with them. You know, it's, it's going in the right direction. Right.
5: I'm a huge, what's the name? Nick Reese, the joyous wolf singer. Oh, I'm he's huge. fantastic. He's, he's just got a kind of a wild ass energetic presence about him. That's just really, really cool. He's, he's,
1: he's like slightly cooking. energetic, slightly, slightly <laughs> I, I liked, nuts.
4: <laughs> I, I like Nick because he's got that old school rock and roll chip on his shoulder. Yeah. that a lot of the younger artists don't have or haven't developed yet. Where he's, I mean, he he like he's got that chip on his shoulder and it's so rock and roll and it's so cool. You know, it it and and that's gonna that that creates that burn inside of him, right? That he wants to like be as as good as he can be. He wants to be better than, you know, than his, you know, the the bands that are out there with him. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think um I think more people need that chip on, on their shoulder and rock and roll. And He just carries it like you can see that that angst burning inside him when he's on stage, and it propels all that energy that he has. It's it's an awesome thing to watch.
1: So fossil man, who are you seeing next?
5: Oh boy, I am seeing the canyons of western Kansas for nine days. We're going to go out and uh, dig up fossil fish for a week and a half. So. Um, After that, I don't know. I'd have to look at the calendar. And then I'll see Jackal on uh, late July. I think it's the 30th. Uh, In fact, it might be my 30th Jackal show on the 30th of July or something like that. So that'll be cool.
0: That's cool. Does everybody have a full agenda this summer? I've got over the course of the next... I've got, I think, six shows over the next six weeks. Wow. I'm stoked for that. I've got back-to-back Lee Aaron... Really excited about so Lee Aaron is playing and I you guys you guys know the Elma combo right because that's where the Stones in Toronto and they just released they just released that the Elma combo at the Stones where they did that show
3: mm-hmm.
0: Lee Aaron's playing at the Elma combo in two weeks and they're recording a live album and she hasn't played there since 1984 in the Metal Queen days so it's gonna be wicked then we got the Stadium tour. I've got White Snake Scorpions, which should be exciting. I'm going to see Duran Duran with the family. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which will be cool. fun. They put on an awesome show. I've,
4: see,
5: I've seen them too. They're good.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we got The Killers in September. And then I think I've got something else beyond that. So hopefully hopefully everything goes as planned, but I'm worried about David Coverdale.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, that. They canceled the last uh, uh, yeah. shows of their UK tour.
0: Yeah, he's not doing very well. So they're... Does anybody know what's wrong with him? I think he got COVID, mm-hmm. I think. or so, I know Red Beach got COVID, I think, in his band. And I think it spread through. But I, the way it sounds to me is maybe it hit David Coverdale a bit harder. It seems like there's something going on, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's not a young guy, right? So hopefully he's fine i've never thought that, they're one they're on my bucket list because i was a huge white snake fan and when they announced the show with the scorpions scorpions are just sounding amazing like i can't believe they are just you watch any of their their live stuff on this tour oh my god they are unbelievable considering like klaus is what 74 something like that yeah just stunning, so I'm excited. I've I am excited i have have not seen them since the Savage Amusement, Amu- no Crazy World days. You, you got to get there early for Thunder Mother, and I'm getting. That's right. And uh, I'm just gonna say Thunder Mother's opening, so that is a f- bill that I'm really looking forward to, and it's at a fantastic uh, like eighteen thousand amphitheater um, here in Toronto, so it's a great summer concert venue.
6: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's gonna be interesting to see all the like yeah eighties metals dudes out, and then the younger maybe Thunder Mother people in there, and it's going to be, it's going to be good. I hope that's
1: a really good tour for them. It seems like on the face that that's a great matchup for them.
0: At least here. I agree. You know? Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're great. I'm
5: sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, you Go ahead. I
5: was going to say one of the things that I think is really cool. I don't know if it's really always been this way as much as it has post pandemic is the pairings of people out on tour. Yeah. Uh, it's just really, really cool, and even somebody like an l a guns out on a tour they'll change up who they're with two or three times on the same tour, like they're in Tulsa with uh Kiefer and poison later this year, things like that, right, right. hailstorm, the pretty reckless and the warning out that's a that's a hell of a lineup too, yeah right so I think it's cool. it just seems like you're getting a whole lot of them yes, it's expensive, and uh I wish we didn't have to pay the fees that drives me up a damn wall, but um the pairings of bands are spectacular right now. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean even when Rival Sons went out with Greta Van Fleet. Um that was interesting. That was I think very smart for Rival Sons to do as well. You know, a band that unfortunately is is not being received as they should. Um and just terms of their popularity goes out with a young band like Greta who's, you know, got a young audience. You know, whoever advised Rival Sons to do that, I think, was a very smart, intelligent thing to do.
3: Well, why is Rival Sons more popular? I just, I can't wrap my head around it.
4: I can't either. I can't I mean, either. Say,
3: when we saw them at, um, what was it? Was it the Vic where we saw the them? V-
4: the Vic Theater, yeah.
3: The Vic. I mean, that place doesn't hold that many people, and that place we could, we could have walked to the front of the stage if we wanted to. And again, I know we were talking about this before. I know they didn't have a new album that they were touring on. But I'm I'm just dumbfounded by bands like Rival Sons, Alter Bridge. I think they should be much, I know they're much bigger in in Europe. Um,
4: Well, so is Rival Sons. Rival Sons is huge in the UK and Europe. Um, Another band you could probably put there too as well is Blackberry Smoke. Blackberry Smoke, Mm -hmm. you know, um, plays, you know, mid-level theaters for the most part. They've got great music. I don't get it you know Todd for those who haven't heard the interview with Todd Dan McCurns that I did we, we had that conversation where the bands that are the legacy artists right now that are touring you know your Motley Crue's your Deep Leopards, your Metallica's your Maidens your Stones all those bands that come from the 60s and 70s and now the 80s 10 years from now they're not going to be here right. they're not going to be touring maybe one maybe two will be here So is there going to be a push by these promoters to put money into these bands that are kind of right underneath the surface, like Blackberry Smoke, like Arrival Sons, like those type of bands to kind of elevate them into that? Because when you think about all the money that is spent on those legacy artists and as they start to stop touring one by one, where's that money going to go? That money's not going to be spent.
0: Also, Jay, there's no, to your point, there's no bands behind those guys who can fill stadiums.
4: Yeah. Right. And now they're trying to put, like, the Red Hat Chili Peppers, I think, are playing Soldier Field. They're not going to fill. They're not filling Soldier Field. No way the Red Hat <laughs> Chili Peppers are going to fill. And maybe they will. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see it. And like, Smashing Pumpkins was playing 20,000-seaters which they were always underneath the surface of like your Pearl jams and your nirvanas and your sound gardens. Now they're playing 20. So you are starting to see all of a sudden these bands pop up in these larger venues. And I'm wondering to see if that's going to happen as these legacy artists start, you know, or stop touring.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. Like it, who's beneath like the Metallicas and the maidens, right? Like, okay. Right. Pearl jam can still do a solid stadium. Ultra bridge can probably come close
4: Uh, well i would say an arena more than a stadium well yeah yeah an arena tour yeah yeah. but like
1: i'm sure we're i'm missing a couple but like there's not many right
4: no no tool
1: tool 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 could definitely do it
4: yeah but tools tools are not a mass appeal mainstream rock band right like tool fans are in a separate category like you're not going to get a Def Leppard fan or a Motley Crue fan or most Def Leppard fan, no. Motley Crute fans, to go to a Tool show, no, right? So maybe they'll get Justin, Are you the, going to a
1: Tool show? I'm Here not. Go. I'm, no,
4: I'm just not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, tar- I'm talking. I'm like bands that are able to to bring in a cross generation of yes. people, you know, with 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 a mass appeal. Tool definitely has a very rabid following, but I don't know if they have that. I would say the band to watch out for. To replace those mm. maidens and Metallica bands. And we just, they just had a big album last year is Mastodon. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You know? That's a I mean,
0: limited fan base though too, right,
4: Jay? Like Yeah, it. but but they keep expanding their fan base with with their with their evolution of their music, if you've noticed. Right. You know, like like early Mastodon is very similar to early Metallica, where, you know, the people that like the black album are not gonna listen to Kill Em All. Right, or or I should say, who were introduced with the Black Album, are not going to really enjoy Kill 'Em All and Creeping no. Death and all that stuff.
0: And I you know? I was not a Metallica guy until the Black Album. Right, I don't listen to the stuff prior to it. It's just not my thing. And that's that's the other thing with these the legacy like the legacy bands that are typically pulling in these big stadium tours now that you said are going to go away. What I see by going to these shows is that I don't see at the Shows of those bands at that second tier. I don't see the age, the people bringing their eight year olds to the Def Leppard show, and there's like sixty five year olds there too, right? You don't, you don't see that wide cross section of ages at at those other shows of your, like you said, like your Tools, your Mastodons, your. Typically, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm being a bit too general, but you know, or a bit too specific. Maybe more generally, there's a few, but. You know, I, I always, it always, every time I go to one of those, these big concerts, like at uh, the Journeys, et cetera, it always, I always smile when I'm there. Cause I'm like, wow, there's dad who's there with his daughter. In one case, there was grandpa, son, and son <laughs> at the <laughs> show. And I was like, that's awesome.
3: That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That is great.
4: Yeah. But no, it, it's going to be interesting to see where this new rival sons album goes. If you start to see a little bit of a lift, with this album, there might be something to promoters and the industry prepping these bands as being kind of that next wave of who's going to fill that gap. Because there's a lot of money that's spent on rock and roll shows, these big rock and roll right. shows, yeah. and they're not just going to let that money go away, right? You know what I mean? So, I mean, but if you you've got you've actually seen the needle kind of move with Mastodon over the last couple of albums. You know, you're starting to see them be more accepted by mainstream. They see their music changing a lot. Um, you listen to their early stuff, it's, it's a lot different than it is now. So, yeah, it's going to see how this all shakes out over the next 10, 15 years is going to be interesting.
0: You know, the other one to throw – I'm not – again, I can't – I'm going to try again, but I I haven't gotten into this point. I think the other one to throw into the conversation is probably Ghost.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Ghost and Allison Chains, yeah.
0: Right, because Ghost is, uh, you know – They've especially I guess with this last album has really gone more mainstream and is mm-hmm. garnering some pretty uh, you know they could be at the level of arena type sellouts, right
1: yeah they well, la- this album and the one before it have really gotten mainstream popular,
4: yeah, and they still have that element of mystery right, right. that that intrigue that right. not a lot of bands have, you know, you could say maybe Marilyn Manson kiss Alice Cooper where there's this kind of aura around ghosts that it's captivating for people I'm curious. You
0: know?
4: Well, as we end here, uh, what music that hasn't been released yet, are you guys all looking forward to?
0: Oh boy. That's a darn good. So this just came out, but I was really looking forward to the new journey album. So it's, it's just out this past week. Um, so I've delved into that. And uh, it's for me, it's been hit and miss so far. I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, it comes. She does put something out. I am looking forward to if she re, Nita Strauss releases her next album. Um, now, with what's going on with her, I don't know what's happening with it. Um, it's supposed to be, and this this new album of hers, I'm excited about because there's many um, guest vocalists on it. So there's it's going to be not all instrumental. She's got. I mean, the first single was the David Draymond one, right? so yep. uh we're kind of in a waiting pattern with that so that's that's one i'm really excited about i was supposed to see her until she had to cancel the show this past winter but uh i'm really excited to see what what her new album comes to be those are a couple that i can think of off the top of
6: my head <laughs> i up oh What's yeah it? absolutely well what did rap say there's like the new Cyclona album that uh, I'm actually not sure what the release date's going to be on it, but I am really stoked about that one because their last album was a monster.
1: Uh, I don't have, oh, oh, I don't have it on the spreadsheet. Oh,
6: <laughs> on the spreadsheet. <laughs> I've heard it, and I've already
1: bought it. That's bad. <laughs> See,
4: <laughs> get that app. Get that app.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that was the one I was looking forward to seeing Rob's answer to this because. I- I know there there is some other stuff coming out this year, but if if that's Rob's, if that's the one that Rob's really looking forward to, that's 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 good. What else are you looking forward to, Rob?
6: Uh, I don't know. I'm actually in my car. I'm driving to my mother-in-law's house for dinner, so I, I can't like browse through my emails to see what I've ordered. <laughs> <laughs> there's a new there's new what cult
0: there's new cult on the right on the way, which should be interesting. When does that come out? Uh, I think they, I think it's slated for October. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's early October. Yeah. So the new cult album, um, which will be really interesting to see what they do. Cause they're, they were one of my favorite bands back in the day. There's a, quite a few, like there's a Queensryche album. Um, I know there's new skid row with their new singer. If you're into the, just talking about that Arab bands, they're all putting out new stuff. Ozzy. What about Ozzy? Right. Who is this? Right?
5: Who is a Skid Row singer this week? I, I'm sorry, oh, I think
0: he's the guy <laughs> Eric. Uh, Where we was? St- wasn't he used to be with Heat? Yeah, the guy from Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see what that sounds like. So if you're into some of the legacy bands from that era, those are a few. I will play. I will pump up the new Liaren album that's coming out in the fall. They oh. just finished mixing it with Mike Fraser. Um, so that's one that I'm excited about because she's got some really great... I know I've, a lot of you guys aren't familiar with her and I've tried to turn you on to her. No, <laughs> I, Jay. I, was
1: com- I was completely unaware of her. Uh, God's Honest Truth until you... Yeah. Until this started. Uh, so thank you for that.
0: No. You got to have her on the show, Jay, when your new album comes out. I will do that. When does it come out again? Uh, it's in the fall. I'm, I'll ask her when I see her um, in a couple weeks. It's just, it, if you it just, don't have her on, you're never going to be allowed in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> she's a great she's a great person to talk to because she's got she's been there since the beginning, right? And a lot of uh, seen sure. a lot of stuff and went through a lot of stuff. And it's it's a fascinating conversation if you go through her career <laughs> for sure. But unfortunately, you know, you could delve into the whole history with her about how she didn't have a U.S. deal back in the day, right? That's why you guys don't know her. She didn't have a U.S. record deal um, when she was in her the height of her popularity, which was like triple platinum in Canada, right? So I'll pump her oh. up a bit.
4: <laughs> what about uh, who's next? What, uh, what do you got looking, or what do you what are you looking forward to?
5: There's also the Abby K album coming out.
4: Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, I think August. Right, I think the first single drops in August. That's a good one.
5: Yeah, and then further out, I think it may even be 23, but I'm looking forward to the second album from Dead Man's Whiskey.
4: Mm-hmm. Um
5: That's I think it's in 23. It's a ways out still.
3: I've got no, I,
5: a, I, I like their first album a lot. Really looking forward to seeing the
1: second or hearing the second. I I'm obviously looking forward to Thunder Mother because oh, yeah, of course, yes, for sure. Yeah. But um the Massive Wagons album and then uh, the Freedom Hawk. I'm really looking forward to the Freedom mm-hmm. Hawk album. Yeah. I think those are my, of of what we know, I think those are the three that I'm really looking forward to. But then there's also been rumors of potentially a new Alice in Chains album out by the end of the year. Cool. So, and if that comes out, I mean, that's my number one. <laughs> um, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's going to come out that like we, 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 the collective music group was like, oh yeah, I thought they were in this and we've gotten forgotten about. It and suddenly yes. at the end of the year, like the dump trucks, just going to back up and lift up and just dump all this great stuff like at the end of last year. So
0: that would be really cool. I just thought another one that I think Rob, other Rob would have mentioned was King's Axe.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's on the way too.
4: Yeah. That's uh that. yeah. That's a good album. What about you, What about you, Mike?
3: Uh, I'm looking forward to what we mentioned before, Rival Sons. Uh, Joyous Wolf, that's coming out. Um, and th- I'm pretty sure it's this year. I know they're in the studio. It's supposed to be coming out this year as a new Scorpion Child. <gasps> oh, that was. Yeah. So I like them a lot. They were on a break for a while, like back uh, sometime in the middle of last year, um, late last year, I think it was. So I'm looking forward to their stuff because I, I really dig them. I think they're uh, they're ex- they're excellent.
1: I, I remember when when I came up with or came up with when when I um, stumbled upon Crobot, There was there was three bands at the time. It was Crowbot, Turbo Will, Turbo Wolf, and Scorpion Child. Mm-hmm. Like those three, I literally this I can remember this day. I, I was on XM and I heard all three of them back to back to back, and it was a, a complete holy shit moment. Yeah,
3: uh, that's how Scorpion, I felt
1: scorpion gel fantastic
3: that's yeah. that's great yeah the first time i heard that i was just like wow i was just like wow these guys and, and i think you know of course there's a you know a zeppelin resemblance right a little bit you know with some of their style uh but just a good just rock i think they're from the texas area austin texas yeah. i think they're from um but yeah they're amazing i'm looking forward to their new stuff i'm so happy they got back together
0: that's awesome jay when you're talking to when you've been talking to like the new bands and or you know some of the younger bands and uh recording new music right now, are you getting a lot of, uh, are you hearing a lot about album release dates because of the issues with vinyl, et cetera, getting pushed back? Like, are any artists really, in terms of dates, are they still, are there any that are holding on to stuff and waiting because of the issues with vinyl, or are they saying I have, I, I other than
1: Crownlands?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that. I have not heard that as the reason uh, okay, for album <laughs> Very well could be a reason. Um, I just haven't heard that. Um, yeah, I, I would say most of the delays have been, you know, record label, you know, pushing something back for whatever reason, or maybe they're trying to line up with a tour. Um, it's something that some of the bands do. They want to wait to kind of get that momentum, but I haven't heard it for being a supply chain issue. Uh Okay. You know, my the album that I am waiting for. No surprise that probably mostly is is Joyous Wolf, like Mike said. Um, I feel like they're a band that's kind of been in a holding pattern for the last few years. Uh, their their live show is incredible. It keeps getting better, and I think you're going to see a huge. You're going to see the needle move a lot for this this band because when you think about it, they only have like. Now, they don't even have 10 songs in their catalog. Maybe right. 10. Maybe 10 is the limit. So to really kind of have any success over the last four years, 10 songs, that's kind of hard to do in this day and age. So I think once this album comes out, I think you're really going to see a lot of momentum shift their way, which I hope it does, because I think they deserve it, because they work extremely hard at what they do. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Thunder Mother album, Rival Sons, and... Love Tyler Bryant. Can't wait for his mm. new album out. Oh, yeah. And, the, yeah, new cold, and the new Cold Stairs, too, as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think, and and like, you know, Fossilman said, for 2023, um, I think in 2023, we get a new Black Smoke Trigger album. And that has me super excited.
4: And we'll be getting a new Winery Dogs album in the first quarter of 2023. Oh. oh. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. And speaking of winter dogs, have you postponed your surgery yet so you can see Katson? I
1: have not. I have certainly not done that. Damn you. I'm telling you. <laughs>
4: what's one more day or one more week on your bone-on-bone <laughs> knee? Go see Katsun. Go enjoy it.
0: Yeah, get yeah. a shot before you go and you're fine. Right. <laughs> right.
3: I am telling you. Yeah, he's coming yeah. here next month, Jay. He's coming to the uh, Arcada. Arcada. yeah. August yeah, 21st. 21st. 21st, yep. I'll be yep. there.
1: So yeah. I noticed for for the, the show in Denver, it's Richie Kotzen and special guests. Is it the same way in Chicago? Like, Because I, I can't fathom that Denver is home to any special guests.
4: Well, I know <laughs> I know he's playing with John Karabi in Nashville.
0: Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I,
4: don't, I don't know what that means. The other dates are going to be with Karabi. I have no idea. Okay. Real quick mention, another album I'm, I'm looking forward to is Tuck Smith. I'm, I'm looking forward to that too, as well. I love Tuck Smith. So
1: would would
4: would no, uh, Tuck Smith is is definitely he'll have a new album out. Uh, and I think Butch Walker is going to have a new album out uh, oh, third nice. fourth
0: quarter. Wow. So damn time, come on, yeah,
4: and new Larkin Poe too, as well. Mm. Yep,
1: that's on my list. I got that bought. <laughs> damn it. <laughs>
0: Wow. It's going to be a busy back half of the year. Yeah, it will be. It will be. I'm going to rely heavily on you guys to just keep feeding it to me then.
4: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you very much for doing this episode. I wish more of us could have been on, but like I said, logistically, it's always hard to plan these things when you've got a lot of people. Um, Just kind of want to run the names off. Who's in the Groove Council for those listening? Rob in the Hood, the the, uh, lead council member of the – of the group council who just got a live on-air mail call, which we've never had that before. <laughs> uh, Cindy Taylor, a host of the Metal from the Inside, as well as a, a contributor to Brave Words and also host at 93.3 WMMR out in Philadelphia. So check her out. She's awesome. I just had her on. We did the, the Rat Legacy. She's a great guest as well. The Youth Rocks, my son. Uh, the, the youngest member of the Groove Council by a large number. Well, no, I shouldn't say because Sydney <laughs> is in her early. Childhood. Yeah,
0: Sydney's young. Yeah, and
4: so is Jade. So we'll get the Jade here shortly. Chris Corradetti, my partner in crime on the annual record reviews and quarterly record reviews. Um, Chris Preston, the legendary Chris Preston, my rock and roll heaven. Always a great guest as well. Turbo, the fuzz rock, the stone rock, president of. The Groove Council, uh, Jane Alicia, who just started her PR group. So she's a great uh, advocate for music. Skylab, the resident audio professor, who's an incredible guest, incredible dude. Always like seeing him at a show. Anastella, the rock journalist out in the UK. Uh, she's always busy. She's always got her hands doing something and involved in something. So continued, you know, good luck to her. Paige Gregory, uh, awesome. Paige's great. I had the pleasure of having breakfast with her when I went down to the Creatures Fest. So it was great to, to meet her. Terry, T-A-T, 2630, um, the queen of the playlist here on Twitter. I mean, these playlists, you can you can circle the earth four times and still have about a half dozen songs left to go. Uh, Chris McGowan, USA N. a Chris. He's a local here to Chicago. Met him a couple times at shows. Dean Clark. Who has the ultimate man cave known to man? ACDC Kiss. I mean, it's like I wouldn't even say it's like a man cave. Fossil Man's got more museum. of a man cave. His yeah. Dean Dean's is more like a museum. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Kaz at the EL, at El Rocks, the host of the heavy rock show, and uh, uh, contributed to ERB Radio, Emerging Rock Band Radio. She's awesome. She's very knowledgeable. It's Rock and Radio podcast. Love those guys, Casey, Dan, and Aaron. I had the pleasure of meeting Aaron at the Dead Dead Show last year. Great guys, great podcast. Check that out. New Classic Rock in North America he has a lot of data on streaming and new bands. And man, new bands just love that guy. So he's awesome. Check him out. NCRNNA. Christine Eagle, as I mentioned before, no one knows the business of the music business like she does. Uh, follow her at Christine Eagle. E N I G L. And Rich, the vice president of the Fuzz and the Doom Rock at Fuzz Doom Rips. So check him out. Fossil Man, the king of the rock t-shirt. More rock t-shirts than anyone in the galaxy at the present moment. <laughs> um, and High Stick Mick, Mike, another local here to Chicago. Always great seeing him at shows. And wish we could have had everyone on, but uh, I think we had a pretty good showing. So. Next time, um, next, time. Uh, next time when we get to five hundred or four fifty or whatever, whatever we do. So uh but thank you all for joining. You guys are a great or provide a great distraction, talking music. You're all um everyone on the, the group council is an outstanding human being, outstanding individual. I hope no one goes and embarrasses me after I say that, but I don't think they will. But everyone's just a pleasure to have and um It's nice to live in this day and age with a group of people that come from different backgrounds and different areas. Some are overseas that talk music, have a good time doing it and never an issue with anyone in the group. And it's, it's a testament to who we are as people um, because uh, I think we all just respect each other and we're all here based on the music. And so it makes it fun.
0: Well said diversity and respect. Yeah, it can be done, people. Believe it or not. As
1: long as you don't bring up limp biscuit.
0: <laughs> and on that note.
4: On that note, hey guys, Jay, thank congratulations, you very much, Jay.
0: Congratulations! Yeah, yeah Absolutely.
4: Thank
1: congratulations.
4: Thank you, guys. Thank you. Four hundred and on to the next four hundred. So nice. I appreciate all your help and and uh, can't wait to do it again. I'm Jay Scott. This has been a special episode of the Hook Rocks, number four hundred is in the books. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Thanks.